This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. From the Headstuff Podcast Network, welcome to the world according to Wikipedia, the podcast that explores the weird, wonderful and baffling world of Wikipedia, the people who write it and what makes them tick, with me, Fanula, And me, Rebecca. In this episode, we talk to Koldo Buguri about the Basque children's Wikipedia, Chickpedia. This interview was not only really enjoyable, but I learned so much. I knew very little about children's Wikipedia, as it turns out. <laughs> it like listening to it, it brought me right back to my early love of encyclopedias, you know, kind of yeah. I mean, I love my encyclopedias. Well, I know this is a topic you've wanted to cover since we first started this podcast in 2020, which is Oof. kind of scary to say. Um, our first lost pilot, as all pilots should be. Uh, I believe when it comes to podcasting, um, centered on our memories of childcraft and other wonders that, of course, ages horribly. I do love that the, there are people in Wikimedia that are looking to make a child-friendly Wikipedia. It's kind of, it's kind of nice. Yeah, it's it's really and one that I haven't interacted with a huge amount. I have to say, like I I often hear the Basque community talk about Wikipedia, but I didn't realize quite how different it was. Uh, and children's Wikipedias have long been a source of interest for Wikimedians, you know, because there have always been children's encyclopedias, so why not? Um, but also there's a lot of contention in the wider Wikimedia movement about what they should or shouldn't do, about elements of kind of censorship and stuff like that. So it was fascinating to talk to Coldo about Wikipedia and how it evolved over time. Yeah, I do love how he approaches the art of writing an encyclopedia for children, but we can talk more about that after we play the interview. Just now, we're going to talk about another of the podcasts that's coming up on the Headstuff Podcast Network. This one is in uh, co-production with Silicon Republic and the Headstuff Podcast Network, and it's called For Tech Space. The hosts, Elaine Burke and Jenny Darmody, have been writing about tech for a very long time. Now they're going to talk about it in For Tech's Sake. Uh, So listen to this and then maybe give a listen to the podcast. Silicon Republic is a great place to read about science and technology from writers like us. And now you can hear what we really think on For Tech's Sake, a co-production from Silicon Republic and the Headstuff Podcast Network. I'm Elaine Burke. And I'm Jenny Darmody. And together we've been writing about tech for a long time. We've never fallen into the trap of being tech evangelists, but we don't necessarily want to demonise tech with scaremongering clickbait either. Now we mostly take a side-eye view of tech and definitely throw a bit of shade when it's deserved. So if you want to hear us take a look under the hood of both emerging and everyday tech to examine the good parts, the bad parts and everything in between, check out For Tech's Sake on the Headstuff Podcast Network. Tune in and your new robot overlords will thank you for it. Rebecca, you know the drill now. What's the rule? In this episode, we're going to talk about fringe theories and why they don't belong on Wikipedia. Yeah, so this is where you tell me that my theory that bananas cause spontaneous combustion is kind of forbidden, verboten, not allowed to be on there, even though it's true. <laughs> yes. Uh, too long, didn't read. 
Bananas are mostly potassium. People are mostly water. Look, it makes sense. You might gauge from my reaction, dear listener, I've heard this theory before. <laughs> and I am no more convinced than I was the first time. If bananas contained an awful lot of lithium hmm. and we were mostly water. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. For Wikipedia, it is all context dependent, but it boils down to just because you can find a citation for something doesn't necessarily mean it should be included in a Wikipedia article, especially if it represents an extreme minority view, particularly if that view is contrary to all other available information. This is the reputable sources rule under a different guise. I'm on to you, Wikipedia. <laughs> Quite. There's a bit more nuance to it. It also it, it is also about maintaining the neutral point of view. So to ensure that that minority or fringe view does not receive undue coverage in the article. So similar to issues around so-called balance in reporting. Yeah, just because you work for big lithium. <laughs> or do I work for big potassium? I'm trying to deflect. Well, you know, this will take different forms in different articles. So obviously with medical articles, you can't have every single, you know, if you have you know, people people who are involved in scepticism would be very familiar with this. So, you know, the idea that vitamin C can cure all cancers. That was lauded by a Nobel Prize winner, not in biology. But, you know, it was touted for a very long time and he got an awful lot of coverage about it. But that doesn't necessarily mean that it should, you know, those kind of fringe ideas shouldn't exist in the main article. You will get articles about fringe ideas. And sometimes if you're talking about something like a, a cryptid, so like the example that's given is Bigfoot, so if you're if you feel that a fringe notion is kind of core to the idea of the article, you know, they encourage you to use quotes. Um, so to ensure that, you know, the the notion of an idea who, you know, somebody who's putting forward this fringe idea isn't conflated then with, you know, proper rigorous uh, science or research or information. So it's all about kind of how and when you cite this kind of information. And and again, it's all about it's make sure that an article doesn't become unbalanced. So that it's kind of this minority view gets undue attention when it really is very contrary to most of the mainstream information about something. Okay. That sounds a lot like other rules. But I'm going to go with the fringe theory rule. Fine. That's good. No, it's fine. It's fine. It's totally fine. I'm learning something new. <laughs> We are now going to hear from Koldo Bigori, the founder of the Basque Children's Wikipedia, Chikipedia. So I'm Koldo Biguri. I'm a lecturer and a PhD at the University of the Basque Country. I teach uh, translation and uh, interpretation from Basque into Spanish and Spanish into Basque. And uh, I am one of the promoters of Chikipedia, the Basque Encyclopedia for 8 to 13 years old children within Wikipedia. Uh, started four years ago. Fantastic. And we, we're delighted. Uh, I know my co-host Fanula is really excited to talk about children's encyclopedias in particular. Uh -huh. So we're, thank you so much for joining us. You're welcome. How did you get started contributing? to? Did you get started with Wikimedia projects first? Or how, yeah. what was your journey? Okay, well, I started trans uh, teaching translation, as I said, uh, at the University in Basque Country, from Italian to into Spanish and Basque uh, 15 years ago. And uh, well, for my students, it was more exciting for them to translate real articles from Italian Wikipedia for Spanish and Basque versions of Wikipedia. So, uh, and uh, well, I, uh, I helped them 
uh, doing the, the translations and uh, well, it uh, interested me and uh, I started uh, also to contribute to Basque Wikipedia, translating mainly from Italian, mainly translating from Italian, especially articles related to Italian literature and culture. Oh, interesting. So a very specific niche of, of topic that you were bringing into the Basque, Basque yes. Wikipedia. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Yes, for students, there's more interest in doing and do, to do that uh, than uh, another kind of translation that uh, doesn't go anywhere. Yeah. They see that uh, the work they they have done uh, remains in uh, Wikipedia and will be something important for them. Yeah. And they they feel proud. So what you started with this work with university students translating. What brought yes. you to the yes. children's Wikipedia, to Tixipedia in particular? Oh, okay. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's different because, uh, well, uh, yeah, I have uh, I have uh, uh, my son. My son, uh, I remember that when he was um, eight or nine, maybe 10 years old, uh, he had to do a uh, schoolwork about Charlie Chaplin <laughs> in Basque, in the, in the school here, in Basque school, yeah? And, uh, well, uh, I helped him. And uh, the first thing uh, I thought was to go to Wikipedia, Basque Wikipedia, and see what was there. Uh, but that was a big problem because uh, there were uh, 60 pages about Charlie Chaplin, yeah? And uh, for an, for a primary school students, that's too much. They can't manage such an amount of information. Yeah? And at the end, uh, it's you <laughs> that make the the homework, and that that's not very very positive. Yeah. So uh, I remember that at that time it was in 2015, I think. I I uh, I heard about uh, uh, children's encyclopedia in France, uh, Wikipedia. I don't know if you know Wikipedia. Yeah, Wikipedia is a, a children's encyclopedia. Not only in French, but uh, it's in in English too, in Spanish, Italian, and some other languages, Catalan. And uh, well, I contacted them and ask them if uh, it was possible to, to make a version of in, in Basque language. And uh, they, uh, they responded positively and they uh, built the interface and uh, well, uh, they told me to, to um, make uh, texts in, uh, in Basque and uh, make the articles. Well, that, that was my responsibility. Huh? And uh, I started uh, with my students again, <laughs> making articles or translating articles from French or Italian or Spanish too into Basque, yeah? Instead of doing articles for Wikipedia, uh, we started doing articles for Chikipedia. Uh, no, for Wikipedia, excuse me, <laughs> it's different. Uh, yeah, there was uh, in uh, 2015, so it started the ver- Basque version of Wikipedia, yeah? But it happened that, uh, Two years later, they had some trouble with, uh, I don't know exactly what, yeah? But uh, remember that uh, Wikidia was offline for two weeks or something like that. And I was uh, scared of losing all the work done because uh, by then, I remember we we have made uh, more than 800 articles in Basque Wikidia. 
And uh, well, I was scared. <laughs> After doing all that work, yeah, we could lose it. And uh, at that time, I contacted Basque Wikipedian Association. Yeah, I didn't know them. <laughs> I I contacted them and uh, explained the problem. Yeah, I'm I'm the promoter of Wikipedia. It's not very known. It was very little. It was yeah. Uh, nobody, practically nobody <laughs> knew the Kiria and Bas, yeah. But uh, well, uh, I I told them uh, I'm uh, I scared because if if I we, we lose all the work, uh, it's terrible. So can you do something and uh, or can you copy all the information in Wikipedia to save it? And uh, well, uh, Wikipedia is. Uh, it's a, a place where you can find uh, extraordinary people. And I remember that uh, one of them, one uh, of uh, the members of the Basque Association, told me that he knew uh, a guy, uh, a Norwegian guy, and uh, that uh, he had told him that uh, he could make something for uh, um, add a uh, tab and a third tab in Wikipedia. So you know that in Wikipedia, there are uh, only uh, every uh, article has two tabs, one for the article and another one for the, uh, what's the name, uh, the talk, yeah. yeah, to discuss about the, the article, yeah. And uh, this uh, Norwegian guy uh, told him that uh, he could um, try to uh, put a, another one, a third tab, yeah and try to copy all the content uh, of Wikipedia in this tab. For, for me, that's uh, a miracle. That's, uh, I don't know how to say it. Yeah. And uh, yeah, yeah. and uh, so finally he did it. And uh, that's uh, how uh, Chikipedia uh, was born. Yeah, in uh, 2018, in April, exactly, uh, it appeared uh, the third uh, tab in Basque Wikipedia page. So, with uh, um, an, uh, his own, its own uh, uh, main page and his own search engine too. It's, they are different engines. There, there's one for Wikipedia and another for Wikipedia. Yeah, and uh, it it worked <laughs> for for me. That was fantastic. It worked, and so. Uh, you could you could have a version for uh, adults, uh, a version of an article for adults, another one for children in the same page, yeah. yeah. And that's very interesting because Wikipedia is uh, a well-known reference for children too. And uh, so um, having this uh, this uh, information in Wikipedia for them is very important because they use it, uh, Wikipedia, or they try to. But uh, 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 it's not very helpful for them, uh, Wikipedia, because I, I, I told you, yeah, uh, articles are, are too long and very difficult for them. They don't have the, the level they don't, that they need, yeah. And uh, well, but they can use Wikipedia uh, uh, with uh, articles made for them, expressly for them, yeah. And that's Wikipedia. Huh? So, and now we have uh, 5,000 articles in Wikipedia, eh? and uh, we can say that it's, uh, it has, uh, has had uh, success because we have 
every month more than 60,000 visits. Yeah. And that's a, a lot of people, a lot of children visiting Wikipedia because you, you have to consider that Basque language has less than 1 million speakers. So, so and we have uh, every year practically uh, a half a million of visits. Yeah. That's a lot of visits. Yeah. That's fantastic. And I think that that integration is really interesting yeah. that often it's thought of that, you know, like Wikipedia, that it, it's a separate thing. And then you find that people don't find it. So there was Basque speakers who weren't aware of it. So obviously you found that the growth is now huge in comparison to when it was its own its own site, separate. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. And uh, there's another thing that, uh, in my opinion, is very interesting for them, for children too. And it is that uh, they can use uh, Chikipedia as a, a passive user. So to find out uh, information about uh, school, mainly school items or school contents, yeah. But they can also make and write contents, yeah. And that is very exciting for them too, yeah? uh, to be able to put a text made by them in Wikipedia. Yeah? And that's very important for them. Yeah, it's very exciting. Yeah? And I can say that, uh, for example, um, when... Uh, they do normally they do with uh, the help of their teachers obviously yeah? they can't do by their own but uh, with the help of the teacher yeah? they can be able to do that i remember that uh, um, uh, in a school uh, near pamplona um, a group of uh, eight year old children made an article about their own village yeah and they were uh, eight, yeah, uh, eight, I think, eight, year old, eight years old, yeah. And uh, one, uh, one of uh, the Basque Wikipedia uh, Association wrote an article about this uh, in Wikimedia. I don't know exactly in what page. And uh, it happened that uh, even in Russia appeared an article saying that uh, Basque children uh, <laughs> are the, the, the youngest Wikipedias in the world. And imagine uh, the, pri- the pride for these children. Yeah, They could uh, let them, uh, let uh, their uh, parents to see this. Yeah? We are famous in Russia. <laughs> That's fantastic. That's fantastic. Uh-huh. So empowering children because, you know, well, a lot of adult Wikipedias would not be necessarily very welcoming or very uh, yeah welcoming spaces for younger learning editors. Uh, so it's wonderful mm-hmm. that they you know creating that space that's integrated you yeah. know so they don't feel like it's it's only for children that it's part of this kind of yeah yeah yeah, yeah. That, yeah that's important too yeah because it's uh, it's the name it's Wikipedia it's uh, it's very known yeah uh-huh. yeah uh, the model of Wikipedia is different there. Are, there are some other models. There is another one different with a different name in uh, in German too, and in Netherlands and some other place. And uh, well, they uh, they don't consider, and even in Wiki, Wikimedia, they don't consider that Wikipedia is a safe place for children. Huh? Mm. And uh, that's uh, why they haven't done a, a version uh, within Wikipedia for children. And they consider that it's better for them uh, to make a different encyclopedia. 
uh, well, it's another model in, in France. Uh, it has had uh, success. They have more than 30, 35,000 articles, and it's very known in French. Eh? There's a lot of people, a lot of uh, teachers, and a lot of uh, children eh? making uh, writing articles uh, for for that. Eh? They have uh, they have had that success. But in, in other languages, um, no, it's not the same. In English, they have only, well, it's a lot, uh, 5,000 articles. But comparing with French, I, I said it's, it's a little different. They haven't uh, had uh, this success. Mm. And it's the same in Italian and Spanish. They have 4,000 articles, I, I think. And, uh, well, there's still a Basque Wikipedia too, but uh, well, mainly uh, it's uh, articles taken from Wikipedia to Wikipedia, so to collaborate with uh, the project. Eh? Because uh, well, I, I I have to say that they were very kind to me, eh? uh, building uh, all the uh, the system for uh, for having for uh, for the Basque Wikipedia too, and so I I, I feel. Uh, somehow bounded to them, and uh, I owe them uh, to continue with Wikipedia. Yeah, but mainly I I, I tried to, to to work in Wikipedia, obviously. Yeah, great, great. It's 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 inter- it's, it's kind of cultural differences, probably, and and differences in in editorship. Why it works in some places, and it, yeah. it doesn't it doesn't seem to work in others. Um, as somebody who's edited, you edit. Basque Wikipedia and have translated this was the adult encyclopedia entries. What's the the main difference for you when you're yeah. editing for adults or when you're editing for for children? What are the things that you're kind of thinking uh-huh. about? Uh huh. Well, uh, first thing is the uh, Wikipedia or Wikipedia are uh, for eight to thirty years old children, so uh, you have to write for them. No? That means that uh, they can't um, uh, stay too long <laughs> uh, reading an article. You you know, so you need a maximum one page about uh, about uh, every item. Yeah, and uh, you have to control uh, the the language, the use of uh, uh, the syntax. Uh, it must be uh, easy to read for them. So uh, we try to use an understandable language for them. So making short sentences, explaining the meaning of um, uh, some words, yeah. And uh, what uh, I think that's uh, that's uh, the difficult the difficulty too because uh, it's difficult for people that collaborate with Wikipedia to uh, to write an article for children because they don't have the experience. They don't know how to do it, yeah? Because uh, there must be uh, articles related to the school curriculum, mostly because, um, well, it's obvious. Uh, children use uh, Wikipedia mainly during uh, school, school hours. Uh, you can see that uh, weekend, Practically no, nobody <laughs> goes to Wikipedia. Yeah, uh, mainly I think that they use it in uh, in classrooms too. Yeah, and uh, so they use it, they use Wikipedia for school needs. Yeah, for for school for yeah, 
and uh, work for uh, for uh, people that uh, collaborate with Wikipedia. It's not very clear how to, how to write an article for children, yeah, and it's not very easy to uh, to um, to find a, a well made article to translate to from another language, from Wikipedia, for example. I, I, I say this because uh, there is another thing uh, for, for us that is it's important uh, for Basque language. I mean, a lot of children, uh, a lot of uh, Basque children that uh, uh, go to school and use uh, Chiquipedia don't have Basque as a first language, as a mother tongue. Yeah, Practically everyone has to, to study Basque language, but uh, they there's a lot of uh, children that don't speak uh, Basque in their home. And um, so you have to try to, to uh, write uh, for this kind of children too. So a child, a child that doesn't know very well Basque language. Right? And uh, you have to try to, to make an understand, understandable text for them. Yeah? It's not the same uh, with uh, school books, because when you, you write or uh, uh, editors uh, make a, a, a textbook for children, they, they do it as usually. Yeah? You using um, the standard language and uh, you know, uh, but I think that uh, Chikipedia uh, we try to make a, a more more understandable language, more simple for them for children. Uh? So that's some dif- some differences, yeah. Uh, or the the, the way uh, or the words that you use, the sentences that you use, for example. Uh, uh, there is a, an example that uh, I always uh, talk about. Uh, there's an article about rodents, yeah, rodents. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, if you if you look at the Wikipedia, they say more or less rodents are mammals of the order Rodentia, which are char- characterized by a single pair of continuously growing incisors in each of the upper and lower doors. That's very difficult for them. They can't even memorize that, yeah? And in Wikipedia, we have done this article saying this. Rodents are small animals. They have four special teeth, two at the top of their mouths and two at the bottom. These teeth are called incisors and are used to gnaw on hard nuts, like walnuts, hazelnuts, for example. To gnaw means to slowly break the shell by scrapping it with the teeth. Yeah, you see the difference. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Interesting. Yeah, that's that's really fascinating because I think it's <laughs> you, you learn the skill of writing an encyclopedia, but then the skill of writing a children's encyclopedia is that's a whole new skill set. And yeah, it's interesting because it starts to well, it's still an encyclopedia. As you're saying, it's it's slightly more educational, almost more yeah. educational, because you have that. You're not just describing the subject; you're also giving that context. Yeah, yeah kind of explaining mm-hmm. words. That if you were to do that in, in English and so, you know English Wikipedia, that's it. Get that out. You know, that's that's too much detail. But yeah, there it's very important. That's really that's really interesting um, mm-hmm. and really challenging. 
I'd imagine. Oh, yeah, it's difficult to write uh, for Wikipedia. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh-huh. and that's uh, why there, there's not <laughs> a lot of people writing for Wikipedia. Yeah, mainly I I I still use my students to do articles. Yeah, to translate them from. Uh, well, we take uh, different kind of text not only uh, texts translated from uh, from uh, french or italian or spanish huh? but because uh, in in the net you can find uh, lots of information about lots of things so you can try to to take a text and uh, simplify it, simplify it and try to to make a, a short uh, text yeah uh, for children yeah but uh, it's me. <laughs> it's me that I have to do this work, this previous work for my students. I can't uh, because they are studying translation, not uh, not writing texts. Yeah. Yes, specifically for children. I was going to say, do they do they find it extra challenging, or do they find it interesting? You know, satisfying to know. You know, you were saying that when you were translating from Italian into into Basque Wikipedia, yeah. that they enjoyed that. Do they find yeah. kind of the extra challenge of of writing for a different audience? You know, it's, it's yes, and it's, this is important also for uh, students of translation because uh, the first thing that they have to to understand is that uh, when you translate a text, you have you uh, you need to have in mind who is uh, the target of this text. No, you are translating for someone, and who is this someone? If it is a, a child you have to uh, adjust your language uh, and try to use different kind of words different uh, sentences more si- more simple and uh, they see that uh, it's the same with uh, all uh, other kind of texts if you have to translate for people uh, i don't know elderly people or for uh, scholars it's different because you can't use the same type of language for every people yeah and that's important for them to understand this right? they they have to try to to have in mind who is the target of this text who who is to read this text wonderful i want there to be a children's wikipedia this also occurred to me. Yeah, I would strongly agree. And I think the reason that he states, you know, that that children learn Basque but don't necessarily speak mm-hmm. it in their ha- in their homes, like, ooh, what does that remind you of? <laughs> yes, exactly. But also, what I really liked was when he was talking about uh, how a group of school children wrote an article about their village. And they came together and they're eight years old and they they put together an article and they put it up there. And I think it's a nice, actually a nice project to do in a language. Like there aren't a lot of nice projects to do that might have meaning, if you know what I mean, that have a a knock on effect beyond your own classroom. And I like that idea. And I think, you know, when and there is work with kids of kind of similar ages to get them to say work on, say, Welsh language Wikipedia or other. Mm -hmm. And they do struggle quite often with the the reading, writing comprehension that, you know, adult Wikipedia, for want of a better word, 
strives for. So what they end up kind of, and it's, it doesn't make the, the contributions any less, but it, quite often they'll add images or they'll add recordings or, or that kind of thing because mm-hmm. it's, it's much more accessible at their, you know, at their kind of educational level. But yeah, the idea that they could write something and write something for their peers, I think is also quite, yeah, you know, it's the same kind of magic of Wikipedia, but um, hopefully, you know, we're seeing this turn away from heavy text-based resources on mm-hmm. the internet and it would it be a way of kind of maintaining wikipedia's re- relevance as people kind of shift more towards video video content yeah that was a question. i also kind of like the 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 way he phrased writing for for the wikipedia because you're right like you don't need to know the latin name for a rodent uh if you're eight years old i mean some eight-year-olds um myself included would have wanted to know the Latin name for for a rodent, but I like that you know this is what gnawing means and the the links to think you know like it just makes it much more approachable for a normal eight year old that doesn't pour over dinosaur books um, in detail. Yeah, yeah, and and it gets easy to think about concepts. Kind of how do you actually introduce kind of concepts like that to a particular age group? Mm-hmm. Um, and there has been, you know, because every so often people will float, especially on English language Wikipedia, it's like, oh, should we have like an, an introduction to maths or an introduction, you know, kind of like a high level article that maybe makes things a little bit simpler. And the the answer is always, oh, that's why we have simple English. But nobody, very few people are aware that there is a simple English Wikipedia. And it's quite often pointed to as the answer to a lot of these, but I don't think it does quite the same thing. Um, yeah, and I think the point also that people who are learning a language, um, so Gola was we were chatting about it, and he said that you know people who are learning Basque, it's far more accessible for them to write at that level with shorter sentences and and things like that than it is to you know get them to write an encyclopedic standard. Um, so there is also that that functionality as well. It isn't just for children; it's for people who are grappling with the language for the first time. Yes, and also how he was saying that because he was teaching translation that translators need to know who their audience is and change their style accordingly. And I thought that was a very interesting thing. Like there's a lot of very interesting things that you can learn from a children's encyclopedia, which I, mind blown, hadn't kind of considered all of the ramifications of it. Yeah, it was it was fantastic. And I have to give a shout out to Calder and Basque uh, Wikipedia group who um, he introduced me to Calder. And he said, this is, this is the person you need to talk to. <laughs> yes. Very good. But uh, if you want to hear the full interview, which is uh, about a half an hour long, uh, you can just uh, subscribe to us on headstuffpodcast.com and give us your shiny, shiny five euro a month plus VAT. And that has not gone up despite all of the inflationary things that are going on these days. Uh, So you just go to headstuffpodcast.com and shine up. Shine up? Shine up? Just go to headstuffpodcast.com and sign up there. You can also get access to all of the other fantastic podcasts on the network and their bonus material for the same five euro a month plus that. So, bargain-tastic all round. The wiki hero of this episode, we are going to celebrate that in the announcement stating that Annie Arnaud had won this year's Nobel Prize in Literature, the Nobel Prize Committee used an image of the author as featured on her Wikipedia article. Ooh, highlighting the importance, once again, of public access images. Very much so. So for a number of years, the Nobel Prize organisation has collaborated with Wikimedia Sweden 
and given Wikimedians press accreditation at their events to take photographs, which are then uploaded to Wikimedia Commons for free reuse. Oh, that is actually brilliant. That's really good. Uh, Is that done anywhere else? Is it? Yeah. There are some sporting organisations that have done it. Um, I know Wikimedia UK have occasionally gotten their Wikimedians press passes and things like that. So specifically that kind Mm of idea. But I mean, other governments think about it in other ways. So in Ireland, Irish data from the government is published under an open license on data.gov. The British government publishes open licensed versions of, say, all the headshots of their MPs Mm -hmm. so they can be reused. And other organisations like the European Space Agency and UNESCO also publish both their images and texts under open licences. So, Hmm. yeah, there's a lot of organisations kind of thinking about what it means when they actually apply an open licence. I know in the case Mm -hmm. of the ESA, it was the fact that all of NASA's images are public domain by default due to how American state institutions work. So if they wanted to, quote unquote, compete with uh, NASA images and how they're reused on Wikipedia and, and in other resources open licenses were the way to go. It's really good. I kind of like that the Nobel Prize organization kind of allows in Wikimedians with press accreditation. That I think is is very interesting. And it happens, I think, in places like the Philippines. And I think it has happened with some fashion events as well that Wikimedians mm-hmm. have been given um, accreditation to come in and then, you know, in the the better place to take photographs then for the event. Because, um, you know, what? otherwise what happens, and you'll notice an awful lot of, say, famous people, so like actors or authors, the photograph on Wikipedia is a picture of them at a book launch or at a press junket mm-hmm. taken at a non-optimal uh, angle, angle from far away. And it's because it's the only open licensed image. So the alternative is obviously people themselves having a photograph that they, you know, so that the person in question, that they then upload for use. And that is encouraged. Um, You're not encouraged to edit your own article, but if you can supply an image of yourself or get somebody to do it for you, that's great. Um, But it means that, say, like all the MPs for the British government all have like a high quality headshot in their Wikipedia article. So it's kind of a win So you know exactly who Liz Truss is uh, when you... In case you were unaware. (laughs) Yeah. Blissfully so. Another one... Another nice example, actually, of that is so because of the the U.S. state institutions putting kind of their images under public domain by default, is when Lizzo was given the crystal flute, like in the archives. Oh yes. So those images were published by um, the Library of Congress, I believe. Um, so they're immediately in her Wikipedia articles. So fantastic! Yeah. <laughs> Love that. Love Lizzo and the flute. The many flutes. She didn't just play one flute. I mean, she played the crystal flute on stage, but she tried out a few others when she was in the Library of Congress. Which is yes, it was just a lovely little image set, which is now exists. You know, they put it up on their Flickr under yeah. uh, public domain, so they immediately get um, imported into Commons and then can be reused um, across Wikipedia yeah. articles. Yeah, neat, isn't it? <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah, be the one for that flute as well, because it's, that flute has to have its own Wikipedia article. Oh, then. definitely. It's been newsworthy already. And that was The World According to Wikipedia. Join us again in two weeks for our last episode of this season. 
You can subscribe to us on your podcast player of choice. Follow us on Twitter at world underscore Wikipedia. Thanks to Patricia O'Flaherty for our artwork and Headstuff production assistance. Go to headstuffpodcast.com for show notes, more information and to support the Headstuff Plus network. You can find me online at ickle underscore tato at pretty much all of the socials. And you can find me on Twitter at Restless Curator. you me i'm running out of rules i'm not i'm not but a lot of the rules are now going to be like so this thing that i told you about before there's this little subsection <laughs> this show is part of the headstuff podcast network a hub for the creative and the curious shows are produced in association with headstuff and the podcast studios dublin find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com 